So half acre, two. Okay. All right. I was like, I was yeah, like, yeah, right. No, that like, is absurd. And I was like, it it's, won't have anything. Oh my like, God. I honestly Googled like a square foot and a half acre. And I was like, wait a second. So if you add the two, yeah. And the seven, shift it over. Oh, there you go. Carry there the one. Go. Oh my God. <laughs> Air, Air by five, music. four, Stand by three, two, one, and speed up. On the board. And a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Don't act like you're not impressed. On page 394. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? That is so fetch. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and die. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Where's my super suit? Hey, fat lard, come get some dinner. Well. I am not drinking any f***ing below. And I'm going to try to forget the fact that you're a girl. But dogs can look up. You tell me what I saw this woman! This is the Polar Express! Well, welcome, 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 one and all, to the first episode of Season 5 of 20 Years 4 Beers. We are a podcast dedicated to re-watching movies from at least two decades ago, while simultaneously enjoying a minimum of four modern beers. My name is Steve, and this is my big brother, Tim. And we're, we are coming to you from just outside Minneapolis, Minnesota. On this inaugural Season 5 episode, we are going to discuss our first film from the year 2004. One that is, Tim is pretty sure he has not seen. And we will be watching or re-watching Miracle. Before we begin, we typically will take a few moments to discuss any new movies or television that we have watched recently. Uh, with the Oscar nominations coming out just recently, we were recording on the 27th of January. Uh, we'll talk a little bit, maybe just in yeah. general about those, uh, but also one specific movie. Uh, Tim, go ahead. Do you want to do Oscars first? Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, what what are your general... I know you're not a big Oscars guy anymore, but what are your general thoughts? In as much as I don't watch it, but I like to see what the, you know... Academy has put forth a lot of stuff. It's kind of fun watching or listening and reading and being like, I don't know what this movie is. I've never heard this before. <laughs> uh, and seeing some of the, you know, what was really exciting this year was seeing Oppenheimer yeah. be recognized in 13 Pretty categories. Clean so up. Yeah. Yep. It's huge. And so my hope is it's actually wins some of the bigger ones. Um, it's like, the favorite for and quite a few. Well deserving. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully. Um, Barbie was one that was interesting, but I think we had texted a little bit the the patriarchy wins, dude. Again, I'm so tired of this. <laughs> right, the complaints <laughs> online and on TikTok. You're not on TikTok, which is probably for your benefit. <laughs> yes, my God in heaven. Like, I have a huge problem with it. Not that I think I don't. I don't think Margot. I actually don't think Margot Robbie was snubbed at all. I think like you're going to tell me that five other women had better performances than her then great it's been a good year true we've had this discussion <laughs> with the true. last couple times uh, we've had our oscar for our yes. 2002-2003 yeah the roles for women in lead roles were just shit F, yeah exactly and 
like so if you're gonna tell me that you've got five better than her and to me I, I kept thinking back like Margot Robbie is not the reason that movie is good that that her performance is sure. not the reason it's wise. good the yeah. writing is the reason it's good the production yeah. is the reason it's good yeah Ryan Gosling is the reason it's good yes. let's face it yeah and Margot Robbie's great in it yes. don't get me wrong but to act like she was snubbed yeah and then meanwhile, that means you overlook Lily Gladstone in the first ever Native American yes. nomination in the Best Actress category. And then you end up with America Ferreira, who gets nominated. She's totally overlooked because yes. all these like witchy little white girls on TikTok are <laughs> mad that Margot Robbie didn't get nominated. Where I will somewhat agree, as I feel like Greta Gerwig, like if, the- when you're at the helm of the biggest movie of the year, yeah. that's not only culturally significant, it's financially significant. Like I, I will say, like if that, if that were, if that were a man, I feel like it definitely would have been a, a nomination there. Yes. So I can get behind being frustrated. On that one more, yes. But I, I get a little tired of this idea that people who have no idea what they're talking about with the Academy think that this is a bunch of people who got into a room and just like decided with a yeah. show of hands. <laughs> Who's nominated? Let's and get be some like, whiteboard. Oh, we can't have two women this year. You know, um, Cecile Strong or whatever for Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. Um, it's not her name, but it's something. But like, you get this. You year. get it. Yeah. You get the token. And it's like, let, let's yeah. just not pretend that's what it was. And oh, I was going to say about Barbie. Also, the reason why it's good is the script. Yes. Which was nominated. So you were nominated for Best Picture. You were a cultural significant, a culturally significant movie. The reason why was because of the screenplay being so good. It's yes. not an adapted screenplay. So stupid. That's the problem. Previously published where? Right. So then a movie like what we're going to talk about next, Killers of the Flower Moon, yes. gets snubbed for an adapted screenplay. Legitimately snubbed for an adapted screenplay nomination. Yeah. Like, be mad about that. Be yeah. mad about the things. Don't be mad that five other women got nominated than Margot Robbie or whatever. Yes. Like, they're choosing to get mad about the dumbest stuff. And again, I... We've talked a long time, but it's a glorified employee of the year award. Mm-hmm. And I've just long stopped getting upset of it over it after the dark night. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. just like, who cares? Like it's art. And so you live with it. It's and art. You move it's on. subjective. Like, okay. Yeah. It doesn't like diminish the importance of right. it. Right. Um, I do think Downey Jr.'s going to win. Like you feel like that. Yeah. Um, well, Divine Joy Randolph for the sure. holdovers is the biggest lock. Like, it, she she if, if she didn't win actress, yeah sure. like supporting actress that that's it um but i think overall i it's a solid year for movies man yeah. when when a movie like the color purple which we haven't seen yet um and i know you haven't we haven't seen all the movies necessarily no. but you have a few movies um that have left out that people are legitimately mad about and probably have an argument for sure like it's a solid year for movies right now and so i think that's a, a that should be the takeaway and that's what the Oscars should do at their ceremony, is have fun with that. It's yes. a great year. Yes. It's good. Right. Sorry I ranted on the Oscars. It's all good. We haven't talked since Next. they came out. When, then, yeah, but speaking of Oscar nominations. Nominations. Uh, I had listened to this book, I want to say two years ago. Okay. And was blown away by it. It's a very good book, The Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon. And it's a fascinating book. If you want a really interesting dive into the story that it covers, very well done. The audiobook's even cooler because it's got the first part from Molly's perspective and the second part from the FBI's perspective. 
So it's a female narrator and a male narrator huh. that splits it up. And it's really, really cool. Is that how the book is? The book is, yes. It's like oh, okay. the big sections. I haven't read it. So, no. yeah, so that was fascinating watching the movie. Right. Knowing that they shifted so much of the focus primarily to Molly's husband, Ernest, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. and the big kingpin of the town or whatever, who are somewhat background characters in the book who eventually become as they are and found out these things. So it was really kind of jarring going into it, knowing that the shift of this movie was going to be two white men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About the is, Osage yeah. people being killed off. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm so happy I watched it and yeah. I'm confident I have zero need to watch it again. Yep. I was like, it's an ever present <laughs> feeling of awfulness and grossness as these people are being killed off in just efficient ways by these terrible human beings. Yeah. Um, but when it got done, I had no emotional connection to it and it was way too long. And that's the challenge, I think, of Scorsese in this and Irishman where he's got these streaming access where he's like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. You're going to give me $300 million to do whatever I want. So I get it. Yeah. But absolutely could have cut an hour easily, yep. maybe even 40 minutes. Oh, there was so much repetition yeah. of this. Yep. So I thankfully, like the production value. The stuff that went to it, the performances, Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone's outstanding. She's the rare example I, I of think, yeah, I doing think more with less. Yeah, I think Emma Stone. Like Emma Stone's been winning a lot. I have a feeling, yeah. It's, Be, she's still standing. Unreal with what she can do with so little. It just yeah. looks. She just is so insular. But it was, I just, it got done. I was like, okay. I saw it. Fine. I'm there with you. I, I had a resounding meh for the movie. I thought yeah. the first half was really interesting to me. Yes. I agree in the sense of, like they made it from Leonardo DiCaprio, like um, Ernest's perspective and, yes. and that kind of stuff or perception. Um, but really, it's almost to me it made sense because he he's he in the from a movie making standpoint, he's our proxy and he's coming back into this world. We are True. now coming into this world with Ernest. It's not we don't know this world, yeah. and so it made some sense from for me from that perspective, but. Um, I totally agree. I thought the first half was really good and it just kind of kept dragging and dragging for me. At no point did I feel interested in any of the characters, even when the, the Osage people were being murdered. I was yeah. like, well, oh, that's, that's too bad. Yes. Um, I had, okay. Fair warning. Skip ahead. If you don't want to know how this movie ends. Yeah. Not how it ends, but what happens at the, the end. The final sequence. The last 10 minutes. So fair warning. Don't reach out to me and complain. Okay. The last 10 minutes pissed me off. Really? Pissed me off. The the radio thing? Yeah. Pissed me off. I'm so I, fascinated I sat by that. here sitting in this couch right now and I was mad. Sure. Because it was out of nowhere. Yeah. From a storytelling standpoint, it was just out of nowhere. Now we have narration. Now, think, don't get me wrong. I think it was cool. Like the, the, the setup of it was fun. Yeah. But now picture this. If they had started with that, if they had started with the radio guy as a, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to tell you the story of blah, blah, blah. And then, and that's the narrative. So now you have that. Okay. And then maybe about halfway in, there's another cut back to, you know, as it gets worse and worse. And then at the end, they give me the exposition. Like at, sure. at the end, they tell me what happens. Hmm. But out of bleeping nowhere. Sure. I got a radio program from 30 years after this happens telling me 
when people died and what happened to these people in jail and that. I'm like, what? Like, it felt to me, to your point about it being entirely too long. Yes. If it, 30 to 40 minutes could have been cut out easily. Yep. That's my point. It's like, it felt like they were like, God, oh, we got it. We got to get, we got to, we got to finish the story somehow. Let's do this really legitimately cool thing. But it was like out of nowhere. Yep. The editing was really disjointed throughout the whole film. Yeah. It really, really was. weird, really odd edits. I was emotionally so disconnected and I was legitimately like unimpressed with the movie. Like mm-hmm. I, when it, I think it was a great adaptation. I haven't, I haven't read the book. I just said it. But to take that and, and adapt it into this, it's. It, I mean, I think it's a good adaptation. So I do think they got snubbed. I agree. I don't know how you would do it differently. Yeah. Because the intent was to show evil in plain sight. Yeah. That it was acceptable yep. that these white people would come in and just kill off all yeah. these people. But it was hard to watch that many deaths over and over. Like, okay, we're getting into like murder porn. Yeah. At this point. Which is Scorsese lately. Like, he's just, I don't understand. Yeah. Leo was good. Leo was not snubbed. Let's not pretending no, he was snubbed. I found him kind of annoying. Uh, yeah, I thought he was good. He was Leo, sure. right? Ro- now, Robert De Niro was outstanding. He was really good. He had that smarmy... God, he's like, so evil. He was so evil. Like I, He was outstanding in that. So much, like, again, performances are good. Everything's good. All the sub-characters are good. People who hated on Brenda Fraser can shut up. He was totally fine in that little yeah. role. Um, he understood the assignment. Yeah. So... Again, I would recommend it to people who do like Scorsese or do like those movies. But like um, our parents watched it and they were like, I don't really like it. I was like, yeah, I'm surprised you even stayed awake for three hours on this. <laughs> yeah. I, I was to- bored. I told Ellen, I was like, hey, I'm going to watch this because it finally is available. Uh, she's like, what's it about again? Oh, it's about like in the 1920s, the systematic uh, murder of the Osage people by white people to take their oil money. I'm out. She goes, hard pass. Yeah. There we go. Well, towards the end of last year, we decided to review or revive, excuse me, an older segment and give it new life because we just cannot find a way to let it die. We love it. Uh, We now, starting this season, will begin our episodes uh, with high fidelity. Top five side ones, track ones. This is where we take a theme from our subject film and each pick our top five within that that theme. Uh, This week, as I mentioned, we are covering a sports movie which is actually pretty rare for us. We've had a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will be presenting our top five sports movies of all time. It's a big category. There's a lot of sports movies. There were tons I was looking through. I had a pretty easy time getting my five, but there were a lot that I could be like, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Like I, I, mean, I This is a hard one to argue about. And it was easy for me because I saw some You're like such the, a sports fan. Like all the big ones. I'm like, never seen that. Never seen that. Like truly, I've never seen Rocky. Oh man. I've seen bits of it. I've never seen That's absurd. Raging Bull. Bits of it. Yeah. It's like I have, all these I, things. I, I didn't put it in my time. Sure, time. but all these ones are like high accolades. I'm like, never seen it. And I think there is a hard thing of saying what's a sports movie? Like right? I mean, there are movies that take place in like Ford v. Ferrari. Right. Is, I love that movie. Yeah. But is that a sports movie? I don't think so. But you could, you know, see biscuit. It's a great movie. See it, exactly. You know. So, I'll be curious how we do this. Especially, we're starting so, the year on a sports movie, and the Oscar movie that we're going to cover is a sports movie. You know it. But is it? So, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, what? I'm just kidding. No, what Oscar movie? Million, oh, Million, million Dollar Baby. At the end of the year. I was uh-huh. like, I thought you meant we were just about no. to cover it. Yeah. Right. Like, is Million Dollar Baby a sports Bookend. movie? I don't think so. I don't think but so. you got to watch Rocky, though. I will say that. So, yeah, anyway. Um, Tim, you're number five sports movie. I had to go with Talladega Nights. 
the ballad of Ricky Bobby, <laughs> race car driving. Sure. Love it. It's one of those, I think of quotable and wonderful and I love it. I was like, yeah, I have to have that in there. Also, hmm. if you haven't found it, go on YouTube. It literally has the greatest deleted scene of all time. Yep. I don't know why they ever cut scene. it out. Yep. It would have been an all-time classic. So yep. That was mine. Uh, you I don't know if you've seen this movie, but we'll find out. Um, I do have this stereotypical, um, I have Hoosiers at number five. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. Yes. I think Hoosiers, especially now and Rocky, every modern sports movie kind of has the the Hoosiers and Rocky feel to it. True. So I have I have Hoosiers at number five. It's a, it's a great movie. It's really well done. Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman is outstanding. And Dennis Hopper, Dennis right? Hopper is oh, outstanding. Oh, God, he's I think good. He won, he was, I know he was nominated he was for nominated, it, before, but, but yeah, outstanding. Huh. Uh, number four for me was Moneyball. Yeah. I love that movie. And it has no business being as good as it is in yep. terms of taking complicated sports analytics into yeah, it. Exactly. And I don't follow baseball. I no. yeah. have no, no idea about it, but I thoroughly love that movie. It's one, the score is great. Brad oh. Pitt's great. Everything around it is yep. from a novice coming into a baseball world. I love that movie. Yep. What about you? Um, I, for my number four, have the movie we're about to watch. Ooh. Yep. I am unapologetically wow. in love with Miracle. Top I think five. Miracle is an absolute joy of a movie. It's exactly what you want out of a sports movie. Love it. Nice. So we'll find out what you th- feel about it. No pressure. Doesn't have to crack your top five. We'll but see. for me, Miracle is the the way a sports movie should be. Similar to how a Western is where it builds and builds and builds. That's yeah. what a good sports movie does. Yeah. To me, that's the same way here. Uh, number three for me is The Sandlot. Mm. Watched it, uh, yep. or rewatched it with the kids recently, and God, it's so good. Yeah. It's such a delight of a film, and huh. like we use the quotes, like, you kill me, Smalls. So, yeah, that- Easily um, one of the more quotable sports yes. films. Yep. It's just a, a fantastic, like, coming of age story, so I love it. We might have five different movies. Uh, we we'll, might. We'll find out. I, I wanted to put Moneyball on mine, and I love Moneyball, yeah. but I couldn't put ahead of these five. Uh, number three for me, again, stereotypically, Rocky- Rocky is, I think um, Rocky gets the Forrest Gump treatment. The like the because it became such a cultural sure thing, people look down on it. Yeah, but man, Burgess Meredith is perfect in that movie. Perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Second one for me is top two is Field of the Dreams. Mm-hmm. That was one of those Boy, I have formative. Calling that a sports movie so oh. hard. It's it's, just, it's about baseball, but it's so not about baseball, it's, right? But it oh, centers. Man. I mean, they they have freaking baseball players coming to the field. I know. Uh, it's and you know, one I of those formative ones growing up watching. And again, I like playing baseball. Could not stay. I don't like watching it. Um, <laughs> but it's so idealized when it comes to that. And then, okay, Dad, you want to have a catch? Oh yeah, iconic. I mean, right? yep, weeping. So love, hmm. love that. What's yours? I didn't, yeah, I didn't necessarily even consider including Field of Dreams because in my mind, it's just beyond even just a sports movie almost. Yep. Um, My number two is Caddyshack. Oh, I was thinking, oh. Like, I just yep. love Caddyshack because it is unapologetically about golf and it's a comedy. Yes. Like, you you know, I almost put Talladega Tal- Nights is out there. I love that movie. But yeah. for me, Caddyshack is one of the funniest movies of all time and... It's a sports movie. So I was like, yeah. I got to put Caddyshack. I'm, I was a little surprised I, I put it as high as two, but I started being like, I'd rather watch it more than Rocky. I'd rather, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to move it up. But it was never going to be my number one because my number one was easy to pick for me. Oh, really? Yeah. I struggled a little bit. Again, my palette's maybe more limited. But yeah. uh, thinking through the sports movies, yeah. 
that I've seen and the impact and joy of them. I had to go with a league of their Damn, own. Damn, we have one. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes. Right? It was easily the first one I put as my number it one. It transcends the genre. Yep. Which sounds so cliche, but it's so fantastic. Cinema. Yes. But you think about what it accomplishes and the story yep. and the connections that it's just incredible. And yeah. a Tom Hanks before he becomes Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. It was like, 92. Yep. He was big, but not like, no, no <laughs> <pun intended>. like <laughs> he's just so good in that role. But Gina Davis, and I forget the other, that her sister, they're all good. Oh, no, I'm suddenly right. like blanking on it. Yeah. Oh, man. So I almost said Laura Linney. I was like, no, it's not, you know, I know that's not it. But um, you talk about uh, Tara. No. No. You'll get there. There's Tank anyway. Girl. That's what right? it was. Yes. Um, hmm, I'm going to have to add it down anyway, so who cares? Because we're at 22 minutes right now. <laughs> I get it. Lori Petty. Lori Petty. Yeah, everybody. Um, but even like Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna, everybody in it is outstanding. For me, A League of Their Own, I, I watch it annually at the beginning of the baseball season. I watch a couple of baseball nice. movies. I watch it. That's a, I always tell people that's a perfect example of a movie that is almost ahead of its time in that if that were to come out now or in the last five years or whatever, it would win all of the awards. Absolutely. It's a feel-good movie. It's, you know, and some of the best sports movies out there, like Rocky, um, the the your characters lose at the end. Yeah. You know? Yes. And it's not going to be a miracle. Spoiler. But, yeah, it's just, I, I love, <laughs> you, you have your, some of the best sports movies have where at the end they lose. Yes. Because that's all about sports. So, League of Their Own, if for some reason you haven't seen it, man, watch it. Oh, it's, it's the best. All right. Well, here we go. As we mentioned earlier... Or as was mentioned earlier, we will be watching Miracle. The film follows the journey of the 1982 U.S. Olympic hockey team from its formation all the way through to the Lake Placid Olympics, told through the lens of the legendary coach Herb Brooks. We are brought along through every win and every loss as the young men seek to defy all odds and find a way to defeat the Soviet Union during the height of the Cold War. We may know the ending, but the journey is just as exciting. The film is directed by Gavin O'Connor, who I believe did Warrior, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Love it. Which is another great sports movie. Oh, God. That's a gut punch. I know. So good. Written by Eric Guggenheim and stars Kurt Russell as Brooks, Patricia Clarkson, Noah Emmerich, Nathan West, and Eddie Cahill. Thinking about sitting you down, Jim. What? Hey, what are you talking nah, about? Nah, it's not your fault. I played your way through much and you're too tired. Uh, besides that, I think it's time I give Janny a look. He's been waiting for seven months. You're kidding me. Now? Yeah, of course I mean now. That's my net, man. You can't do that. They just scored ten goals, Jim. Right now it's everybody's net. Oh, wait a second. I've given you everything I've got. Now you're pulling the plug on me? Have you? Given me your very best? Because I know there's a lot more in you. A whole other level that for some reason you just don't want to go to. Oh, what the hell? You don't understand what I'm talking about. I'll tell you what I don't understand, Herb. I don't understand you. Nobody on this team understands you and your ridiculous sayings and your drills and those stupid psychology tests you had everybody take. Everybody? What? So that's what this is about. Because I didn't take your test? Fine, you want me to take your test? I'll take your test. Is that what you want? No. I want to see that kid in the net who wouldn't take the test. 
All right, we're changing it up a little bit. Obviously, you'll know that we have, um, so far, we haven't gotten there yet. We actually moved our Drinking Buddies segment to just be totally towards the end. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to the social network. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Where we took take a look back at the critical and fan reception from 20 years ago. Tim takes point on these. So, Tim, what did the critics say? The IMDb rating is 7.4 out of 10. Merritt Ingman of Austin. 7.4. It's actually higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's... Be uh, yeah. I mean, and I have it as number four, but I'm just saying. It's highly right. regarded. Yeah. Uh, Merritt Ingman of Austin Chronicle said that Miracle is a suitably rigorous sports movie. On the other hand, at no time does it break out of the sports movie mold. Mick LaSalle... Close up every now and then. The San Francisco Chronicle said the movie's extended recreation of the game is still thrilling and nerve wracking. Yeah. And Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Yeah. So we know all the cliches of the modern sports movie, but Miracle sidesteps a lot of them. The film is not about how some players have little quirks that they cure or about their girl or about villains who have to be overcome, which the film doesn't even bother to demonize. It's about practicing hard and winning games. And as the film reaches the ending, we all know we're in the middle of the confusion on the ice, feeling the energy rather than focusing on plot points. Hmm. And Academy Awards that year was up for nothing. Although I will say Kurt Russell was actually in, in the conversation at the sure. time. Um, and I we'll we'll get back to this at the end of the year, maybe in our reactions. I remember thinking he should have been. I don't mm. think he's ever been nominated for an Oscar. He has not. This is the one to me. You're like, come on now. This is the one. Um, similar to like when Hayden Christensen with Life as a House. Sure. Wasn't nominated, but it was always sort of in the conversation. You're like, dude, come on. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. We are going to pause and rewatch the movie. If you are so inclined, go right ahead and watch along with us. If not, we'll see you on the other side of this break. Here now is Miracle. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. 
All right, well, welcome back to 20 Years 4 Beers, where we have just finished, for me, re-watching, for Tim watching, Miracle. Yep. And also have had four new beers that we will review in this segment coming up. As usual, we jump right into our reaction segment that we call Spotlight. They knew, and they let it happen! Where we highlight and discuss our top takeaways of any kind from re-watching the film. You know... I, I guess I'm. I've seen this many times, so I'm going to let the person who potentially <laughs> newbie? has never seen it yes. uh, go first. What do you got? So I just love films like this where you know the outcome totally. Well, unless you've been living in a cave somewhere. Oh yeah. But the whole thing but is either, it's a miracle. Yeah. yeah. Meaning, yeah, we know what's going to happen, and so they focus so much on like outlining how tough the odds were mm-hmm. or the challenges they overcome. And I get it's such a better, like, storytelling device. Because hmm. it can't just be like, they overcame the odds. No biggie. Right. Um, it builds tension and drama. So it's somewhat, on the one hand, like, cliche. But, god damn, it's so effective. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's such a fantastic film mm-hmm. that um, I only knew one part of it. Yeah. Not the ending. No. But well, like yeah, one thing yeah. we'll talk about. Like, but it was yeah. really great to watch it where I did not really feel compelled to take many notes. Yeah. I have some thoughts. I don't have like a lot of notes. I have like eight bullet points, but <laughs> yeah. not a ton yeah. of notes, notes. necessarily. Yeah. But it's just movies like this, you go, I know what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. I'm exactly having all the like beats hit and I don't care. Because it's so well done. Well, it's so good. I would even go on top of that and say, like, what makes this movie to me so great is it is. I know what I'm getting into. Yep. I'm expecting these cliches. I'm, you know, what makes great sport movies better yep. is you take those cliches and then you still can overcome them. Because sure. cliche yeah. can be a bad thing. True. And, and I, I think that's what, to me, they, they turn this movie into less of a rah-rah USA movie and more of a just overcoming adversity issue. Yes. You know, that's what I love about it. Look, just before we get into it, my very first note was, follow me on this, Argo owes this movie a huge debt. And Go I'll tell on. you why. Argo Go wins on. the best picture in whatever, sure. 2014 or 15, whatever yep. it was, 2016. The opening of this movie is so crucial to this movie. The opening credits. Yes. And Argo does this too. It leads it it it, it gives me exactly yep. what I need to know in the opening credits through film footage, through stock footage, whatever it is, without having anyone having to tell me what you know, the socio-political whatever, uh, you know, climate. <laughs> that this movie it's it's like a 5-minute opening yeah. credits and it's, it gives yep. you about a 10-year background into everything that leads into 1979 when we start yep to where yes this is a sports movie but it's not what makes it, it is there are political ramifications that were happening at the time that our generation has no clue about no at the time yeah and the opening credits to this movie and so i say argo because argo does the same thing and other movies since I, I don't recall a movie before this doing that. I'm, I'm sure I can go back and find it. But you're going to tell me that the first five minutes are an opening credit scene 
and you're going to like lay out all these clips from whatever newsreel, God knows what. When you when you hit play on this movie and you're thinking I'm going to watch a hockey movie about God knows what and you just watch all this political stuff unfold in front of you, it just does a great job of making it of letting you know as a viewer this is bigger than just a hockey game or whatever it is. Yes. And what's so great about that is the actual movie does not talk much about that this is bigger than a hockey game. like the actual movie itself does not do i think a a ton of this is about us versus you know authoritarian authoritarian regime or anything like that they don't preach they don't do anything the first x amount of time does that for us yes and it sets that up and now i don't have to worry about a terrible line being in the screenplay about whatever and i love the opening of this movie love it the (laughs) i love it i made a note where yeah the backdrop of the larger geopolitical landscape Mm -hmm. is such a essential benefit for this movie. Cause I agree when you think of sports movies, you think of competition yeah, and competition inherently depending on the eye of the beholder is protagonist antagonist, not so much good villain, that kind of thing. It's inherently, I want to beat some other element. Yeah. There is no like, Bennett or change to a sports movie like that. That's how it works. This yeah. is like a formula when it comes to sports movies. And so you think about a, a traditional sports movie is just that kind of similar, like a simple, like focus. This, however, I totally agree. The opening sequence of five minutes of builds up the landscape of what this potential story <laughs> is. And it's elevated because of that mm-hmm. beyond the traditional sports movie, in my view. Like, yeah, I <laughs> have to echo my cheesy line from before of transcends the genre. Yeah. But for a movie like this to really work, it has to have a story. And what it means to, if you're going to be, this is the USA team, what does it mean for the country mm-hmm. at the time that you're right, audiences at the time and now 20 years later? It, it'd be like a history lesson, but we wouldn't have a visceral feeling without no. that five-minute opening sequence. Yeah. Of what it means when these kids come into it to take on this. Not to mention, these kids don't care about that. No. These 18, 19, yes. 20, 21-year-old kids yep. don't care about the geopolitical yep. part of it. They just want to play some hockey. Yes. So, I totally we agree. don't have them. Not one single player talks about the. Yes. The political ramifications of this. That is all on the adults. backdrop. Yes. Yep. It it primes the audience for this is the landscape in which it's coming in. And you're right. I don't think I can think of a time in the movie thereafter where any of the main characters talk about what this could mean in the lens of that larger backdrop. They don't do it. It's just like, no, we want to win. Herb and his wife talk about the Iran or the, not Iran Contra, but like the. What yeah. happens in Argo, by the yes. way, speaking of Argo, yes. that yeah. Iranian yeah, like the, um, emb- uh, embassy yes, takeover. hostages, yes. Yeah, they, the, the sort of like grown-ups of the world, mm-hmm. they talk a little bit about that and just, the re- you can see in their face the recognition of this is a bigger than us thing, but all of the kids, yep. they just want to play hockey. Yep. That's all. Yes. They, they, yeah, they want to represent the country and they want to do that, but it is not, 
explicitly said once. Yes. Yeah. The, I, oh man. Uh, yeah. And that's what I think is such a, a fun element to this, in, like in terms of enjoyment that I definitely did not expect. Right. In terms of like, yeah, okay, it's gonna be a hockey movie. Nope. And I don't like hockey. Well, I don't watch hockey. Yeah. What well, you haven't made it. You don't. You haven't. It's not. You my have jam. not been given the ability to make a determination on hockey yes. one way or another. You it just, seems it, it exists in I your mean, world. <laughs> as someone like myself who cannot ice skate, the sure. sport is magic. <laughs> <laughs> You're flying across <laughs> that ice. I don't know how you do it. So kudos. But to me, I look at it and think like, ah, okay. But this movie is such a great experience of watching it, thinking it doesn't matter the sport. It could have been freaking didn't cricket, matter what it cricket was. whatever yeah. it is. Well, there's a reason why Cool Runnings is a great movie, yes. too. It's, you don't know. I mean, it's just, yeah, exactly. Yep. Build it's, it up. It's different. Yep. So, what I would say is this movie, to me, about halfway through or so, <laughs> yeah. doesn't work without the quick news scene of the NHL All-Stars yep. losing to the Russians. Because yeah. you nothing. need to yep. have the contrast of what's been building so far of showing that this is kind of this ragtag group of college students mm -hmm. being tasked with this huge goal. And then, again, another backdrop is the best, arguably, in the sport. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. Yeah. And so, right there, it's solidifying the, like, David versus Goliath aspect, mm -hmm. which, again, you know the outcome. They win. Mm -hmm. Great. But it's for the novices, it's essential to have like this isn't just oh they're really good like no the best of the best in this industry for lack of a better term mm -hmm. couldn't beat them and like other ass handed to them yeah and so that i think is such a great midpoint to this movie yeah where you see the work being done to build this team up and then you see oh the nhl all-stars sucked compared yeah. to this and this, this team yeah, that's not is just US, that was US and Canada yes. or whatever. Yep. Yep. That to me, I feel like this movie it, it would not work as well. Yeah. If you didn't have that type of thing of, oh God, they're going into the lion's den yeah. with this thing. So I I love that piece. Where it, <laughs> it, it, it isn't like stamped on the audience. Yeah. It's just this backdrop thing of, oh hey, quick like a new sequence. Herb, you think your team's gonna work? We'll see. Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, it is. And there's not a lot of quibbles for this movie for me in a sense of we know exactly what we're getting in. Like, it's a sports movie. We're not talking about yeah. a Best Picture nominee or anything like that. Yep. We're just talking about what you get into with this movie. Correct. Um, we, I, I asked you about, like, there, there is one scene I want to talk about now. Um which is affectionately called the again scene. Yeah. Right. Um, Cause I was like, <laughs> you weren't sure if you had seen this before. And in my mind, if you've seen this movie, you would know you've seen this movie because of that scene. Yes. Like that scene is so, it's not just the end of it. When um, Arusione says, you know, oh, who do you play? Or, you know, who do you play for? I play for the USA. Yep. Um, they do such a good job of dragging this out. And it goes on for feeling it's like really forever. Long. Yeah. And and I'm here to tell you that that 
that really happened in real life. That's that crazy. is not movie magic. Yeah. Um, because O'Callaghan, Jack O'Callaghan, um, OC, he he was a consultant on the screenplay and stuff like that. So, um, they brought this in, and they actually were in Sweden or whatever it was or Norway, and yeah, Herb saw them all looking at these girls, and he kept them for an hour. Jeez. After practice. After. Or after the game, excuse me. Till midnight. You know, the only thing that didn't exist in that scene was the I play for the USA scene. Finally, her, the uh, Jack OC finally said, like, I think he just felt sorry for us or whatever. You know, he just, it was literally just, I'm going to play him into into the ground until they're done. Their will. Again. Again. Come on, Craig, blow the whistle. Again. (coughs) Michael Ruzioni! Went through Massachusetts! Who do you play for? Play for the United States of America. That's all, gentlemen. But lost in that, and they don't talk about it here. The next day they had a game. Till midnight, he kept him on the ice for an hour after the game. The next day they had a game and they won nine to nothing. <laughs> Don't tell me Herb Brooks doesn't know how to. Oh, you know, that's like so just, great! It's not in the movie. It's not there. But just that scene is so iconic, in my opinion. If you've seen it, you remember it. Like if you are like, oh, I'm not sure if I've seen Miracle, and I say like again, and you don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. you haven't seen this no. movie because yes. that scene, that like 15, 20 minute scene, feels so like, dude, what are we doing here? And then they have that I play for the USA thing, and you're like, oh, it's that sort of rah, rah, whatever. No, no, no. That really happened. This is and her being like, no. Yeah, it totally works. Right. I love that scene. Yep. So I think a lesser film would have had the goalie, his story, which is hinted Jim at. Craig? Yes. In terms of like, oh, my dad's laid off or unemployed right. like that. It's not until the end that you find out his mom has died. Well, I mean, you know early on that his mom died. Well, it's They not, say that his mom died early. Yeah, on. but in terms of like that like coming together like that like crystallizing right. like motivation of like my mom wants me to do this that kind yeah. of thing. No, cuz I don't think he says his mom's died. Yeah, he does. He, well, I mean, my mom wanted no, but, me to do this. But I will say I'm sorry, but Please do. Uh no Emmerich's character talks about them that he hasn't been the same since his mom's death. Oh, gotcha. So okay. earlier on, they, do, they reference yes. it in a passing yes, thing. exactly. And then he it's says, my mom line. wanted me to do this. Yes. You know, yeah. But I think yes. a lesser movie would have had that be oh, a major it point. Central. It would have been the central like, thing. Yes. Yep. And that's what I like about this movie is like, what seems to be this tiny element where a newbie watches it and forgets it until the end. Mm-hmm. And what it means for the dad and that kind of Yeah, because in... Ken Dryden says it in the broadcast about, yes. you know, the mother and yep, yep. Yeah, the mother died. It's like, this is why I think it's a elevation of yeah. the story in the genre where it would have been like 
that type of weight and the baggage and like yeah. the, you know, the, what it means. But no, it's and they would have been like heavy-handed. That. They would yes. have just thrown it at us. Yes. Nope. Like beat you over the head, and yeah. that's what I liked. Where it just, it's such a great point where this movie is a raw, raw, kick-ass, like enjoyable experience, but it doesn't like beat you over the head with it. But not like I think I agree. I think what what separates it for me in a lot of ways is that it's not raw raw USA. It's raw raw no. overcoming adversity. Yes, yes. Like, and that's like, and one of the reviews you talked about was talking about how like the Russians are essentially not. Yeah, they're not even demonized. Yeah, they're not demonized yep. or whatever. And I think that is so key to this movie. Yes, but the fact that the Russians are not the evil empire bad guy. Is actually really key. It's not about them. No. It's not about USA versus America. It's about these kids versus themselves. Yep. Versus their own backgrounds, their own adversities, like Boston University versus Minnesota. It's yep. like, it's about them overcoming it. Although Brooks would have seen that if they can overcome that, then it can do good for the whole. These kids are not overcoming that. Like, yeah. that is... So... Yeah, it's it. Yeah, there's USA chants and things like that, but at no point to me is this a propaganda film or like jingoistic. No, yeah, totally you're just kind of yep. like, no, it, it, it's just it's it's not that. So, um, let's see. I would say you know, I I guess I have a few points here, but um, for my money, this is some of the best sports action ever put on film. Yeah, those sequences are great. The actual on ice sequences, yeah are just like jaw dropping. I mean, this is any given Sunday on the football field or whatever you want to throw in there. Um it is in in I would say it's exhilarating and it goes to show you we've talked about in this past that when you put a good director on what may or may not be like in theory any director could have made this movie. Like sure. You could have been like Disney puts this out and says, you know, let's let's just let's just give this to whomever, right? Yep. But they go and get Gavin O'Connor, who has got a vision, and you can kind of put some stuff on film, and then they're like, no. And they used 133 different hockey. There are 133 different hockey plays on film here. Jeez, like you have to get real hockey players here. You have to get real people who know. And you have to get camera people who know what they're doing. You get a guy who comes in and he knows how to do it. It is a testament to Gavin O'Connor as a director. Yeah. And that, like, some of the absolute best sports footage put on film. Like, even you. Like, you're not you're not a hockey no. guy. You're not a sports guy necessarily, except for maybe football. Shoot the puck. But, yeah, you're just kind of like, oh, like you, you have these visceral reactions to these guys and he hit. And the crowd action too. I mean, mm-hmm. give give credit to the extras, like they're they're super excited on it. Like some of the absolute best sports footage put on film. Yeah, it's really really impressive. So, Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, he was probably my final point because I figured. But yeah, well, I have a final point and then maybe we'll quibble. Cool. But, um, Kurt Russell. Yeah. He's just so good in this. I'm telling you, like now. That- not to say it carries the movie because it's a it's a the very story solid carries movie. the movie, yes. but yeah. But what he does with her Brooks, yeah, and the I like the fact that the Minnesota accent that they go for 
is good enough. It's not like it's not Fargo. No, yeah, it's not like go, over the they top. They don't go over the top. Like France It's like, not great oh, okay. by any means, but it's but enough. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, good. You're good enough. Like, yeah, yeah. You put some effort into it. Yeah, it's not like stereotypical, but enough where I feel like, all right, you're you're good enough. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, but I like the intensity, the focus. But what's nice about his portrayal is like the glances mm-hmm. and the acknowledgments of what he's trying to accomplish and it's coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. And it's it's those scenes that really land for me. And Kurt Russell just nails it. He's so good in this. In my opinion, this is a this is Kurt Russell's best performance. And it's not even close. Sure. Like, he's good in Vanilla Sky. We talked about him in that. Yeah, yep. and, you know, but I think it's a career-defining performance. And I think come the end of this year, we're talking about him being a little bit snubbed from an Oscar nomination. Like, it's not that he... It, it is that it is it is the classic what's not said. You know, his reactions to things. The moment when he realizes... You know, I think it was three quarters of the way or t- towards the end. There's a moment where he he's like, it's something is seeking in about his family. He hangs up with his wife and um, Patty and she's talking about the kids doing whatever. And he just is like, I think there's this realization of I've missed this stuff in the last yep. year. Right. And he's like, this better be worth it. Like whatever's on his face is not said out loud. Yes. Yeah. And and but what is said and anyone who knows anything about Herb Brooks is he is not an asshole like he is in this movie. Like he, <laughs> sure, he is not. A, yeah, I mean, I he wasn't up. like a teddy bear by any means. He's a, he's a sports coach. He's a, a sports coach, but like he was not this. Yeah, and he just knew that this is what had to happen to get yes. the team together. Well, in the but where- you get that from a Russell's performance. Yes. Like, it's not the only time it's even alluded to or even sort of expressly said is in the car with Emmerich and Doc. And they is like, maybe if they hate each maybe they hate him, they don't have time to hate each other. That's about it. That, that yes. That's about it. Like, and the look is almost like a wink, wink to the audience. Right. You got you to know that this is not what he was. Yes. But I like the scene where he has to. So we all know, like, they, they really talk about we're going down to 20 players. We got to yep. cut down to 20. We're at 21. Yep. And so it's going to be one final player getting the final act. And when he brings that guy in, what's great Coxie, about yep. his performance is the, like, you know, the, the element where he was on the receiving end of this information yes. 20, 20 years, years prior. Ago. Yep. In 1960. And he does it in a way of, it's, it's a great weight to it. Yeah. Where I'm doing something to somebody that had to happen to me before and what it felt like. And so it, it's just, but it's not stated. It's no. just his performance is really He's solid. He's so good. It's really good. All right. Can I do a quibble? Yeah. I have a couple more points, but do you do you? No, no, you go ahead. Well, I guess it depends. Uh, for me, I would say <laughs> a couple of things that stand out is that um, the fact that they use mostly real life hockey players in this. There's a few real actors, like our main principal sure. actors are actors. The rest are hockey players. You could tell. And you could tell. They're not great actors. But yeah. I love that O'Connor, when they talked about this, was it's easier to train a hockey player to be an actor than an actor to be a hockey player. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why the hockey is so yes. good. Yeah. I'd rather have a few mm, subpar delivered lines mm-hmm. 
but some great hockey. So I got to give him credit for that. The, the use of real life hockey players is outstanding. Yep. Um, the only, I, I have one other thing I'll say, but I want to end on it. So I'll let you do your quibble first. But I will say, I remember thinking that the Miracle on Ice was ancient history when this movie came out. <laughs> right? Like in, in 2004. It's it was the 80s. Like, no, but you're saying, I know. Yeah. Like, but I mean, it was 1980. Yeah. Again, I'll fix that later. But like, it was 1980 and you had barely been born at yeah, this point. Like I was months. not alive. Yes. Like, it felt like forever ago. And now we're sitting here. So when this movie came out, it was 24 years after. Yeah. <laughs> the events of themselves. Yeah. And we're now 20 years on from the movie. Like, that doesn't feel like ancient history no. 20 years ago. But when we were that age, I was like, oh, man, the Miracle Dear Alliance is forever ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just random thought. But this go ahead. crazy. So I must say, it, and I don't know that it's a real thing. Maybe it was. <laughs> okay. But the marital strife story near the beginning-ish of sorts mm. is it's just a minor quibble of like, I don't know that I I don't even know if it's marital strife. They have a they have some they have some sure. things. I like that they resolve it though. They do, but my challenge is Herb Brooks is a well known coach, clearly. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that he would not have told his wife that he applied or wanted to become the well, he coach. Applied, he, he accepted. That's that's the difference. Sure. Yes. But yeah. the element where it's like, oh, Hey, I didn't tell you that this was going to happen. And the whole, like, hey, you got chosen for the, like, Olympic team. Can you pick up the kids tomorrow night? Mm -hmm. I just think, like, gosh, I can't believe it's, like, taking so much time or attention away from the family. Grr. I just, I I don't know. I I felt like it's a shoehorn sense of drama where... She has to say a comment about him trying to recapture what had happened. Right. And then he has to go back and look at he wasn't the team and maybe not. And well, they got to like, get that somewhere. I mean, you have to bring do. him in somehow. I mean, they, I, your, your immediate talk about Cox being let go does not have the weight that it does if we don't know that about her. But we have to know that of him having to deal with it. But like the fact that it seems like a weapon by the wife. As like a, you're just trying to recapture. I was like, meh, it's lazy. I just wow. Hold on I, though. I, what? I, so you remove that? It would have felt lazy if all of a sudden the hockey players are just randomly talking about him being the one who was cut. No matter how you get there, you, you have to get there somehow because it I doesn't it, allow. It doesn't give you the weight of Cox being yes let go. Yes. Ver- so how how do you do it? The I players think talk could, about it. It would have felt forced. I though. think it could have been a situation where the wife is actually more supportive. In terms of fair, like, saying, I know this is, I know fr- yep. this is so important to you, and I'm like, I want to support, like, whatever it could be. Like, it doesn't have to be so combative, mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm going to bed, honey, whatever, go look through your old, like, picture books. I feel like it could have been in a different, like, a, sure. again, quibble in terms of the, oh, yeah, it, sure. And then she's supportive later, but it's not like he's like some ragtag, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna try this out. Like, he's clearly. A presence yeah. in the hockey world, right? That having him focus on this type of thing—it's not like it's a crazy thing where oh, I don't know that I can pick up the kids from soccer or whatever is tonight. Right? It just was like ah, mm-hmm. that strife at the beginning. It, it it felt like forced to me. 
So it, I, I'm not disagreeing that it was forced. The one thing I appreciate is that there is resolution between these this married couple that they actually talk about it after the fact agree and there is real honest conversation they easily could have cut all of that in a yes. two hour and 15 minute movie or whatever yeah. so Agreed. i will give him credit of saying they at least come back and he apologizes or he talks about it and they have the moment after true there is resolution so like yes if you're going to introduce it and there's no resolution i would be super pissed yeah but at least on their relationship arc of this that is just another little stitch in the, like, they're good. Like, the the yeah. Patty and Herb are, that's their relationship or whatever. So, yeah. I, I got to give them at least the pass of saying they resolve it before we see what happens later on down the road. Yeah. It might feel forced, but at least there's the sub, like, story that they resolve it. If it were just left open and we have to just assume that Patty's the loving wife who just just accepts whatever the husband does. Yeah, I'd have a wor- I'd have a much bigger problem with that. It's kind he of at least comes too. back. Yeah. So I I mean I get what you're saying. Any other like, thoughts from you? Nope. Okay, we have to talk about this because obviously you don't you haven't watched them or anything like that. The use of Al Michaels in this movie is perfect. The Al Michaels call is iconic from the Miracle on Ice thing. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah. Yeah, the Do You Believe in Miracles. I love that they recorded all of the commentary. He, Al Michaels comes in. They watch this. They, you know, he, he, Al Michaels is recording it, and I mentioned it to you while we're watching it. Everything is re-recorded until the last 30 seconds, and then it's and then it's what happened originally. That's great. And they, they have this whole thing. It's it's just in, in HD, and you have this great sound, and all of a sudden, you can hear the sound change. It changes. Because how can Al Michaels recreate that moment? Yeah, right? that's true. The, you know, I almost want to put it back on. Just you can hear the change in the, the, the tone of him. Like, Al Michaels does a great job in this, in recreating some of those moments, and, and almost like a sportscaster. Yep. But... Those last 30 seconds of just that sort of exuberant, like, unbelieving joy is like, it, it was just captured so well in his moment, in that voice of the moment. The choice to not even consider, and, and I don't know if, I actually don't even know if Michaels might have said, like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Makarov over the blue line to Walter. Fight. Fighting for position. Trying to get it away from Harlem on the long the board. Again, coming to you from the Olympic ice arena, the U.S. huge underdog, leading the Soviet Union. Johnson over to Ramsey, leading 11 of his checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there, the puck is still loose, 11 seconds, you've got 10 seconds, the countdown going on right now, tomorrow, up to Colt, 5 seconds left in the game, do you believe in miracles? Yes! of him the fact that he was willing to do it and come back and they didn't have to use stock footage or anything they could use really good sound now but those last 30 seconds you're like oh man the <laughs> filmmaking choice of that yep. is so good yep. and the only last thing i'll say is mark isham from a score standpoint i mean you got to give it credit it is such a basic score in a lot of ways and yet it works perfectly Totally. For this movie. I hear that music and I immediately start tearing up. It's 
Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's very good. It's a, it's a you understood the assignment. Right. Yeah. Don't bring anything nope. bigger than that. That's good. All right. As we close out our spotlight segment, we come to our final takes called the verdict. I'm going up there. I'm going to try it. I'm going to let the jury decide. This is where Tim and I give our final verdicts after re or re or watching the film <laughs> and decide whether or not the movie held up over the course of two decades. A solid crowd pleasing telling of the ragtag team of college kids taking on the world's athletic juggernaut and political villain of the age. Miracle is a somewhat paint by numbers sports film elevated by a standout performance by Kurt Russell and a really deft and caring approach to the trials and tribulations of young men coming to grips with the weight of the potential achievement that we all know what's going to happen, but clearly they don't. Although we know the ending and are kind of waiting in theory for the beats to happen, the journey is what makes this film an absolute joy. Really, really like this. It's fun. Uh, mm. Four to five for me. Very, very good. Perfect. <clears throat> I'm glad you liked it. Uh, for me, this is exactly what you want out of a quote-unquote sports movie because it, is, because it is never about the sport itself but rather something bigger. The best of them embody that, a la Field of Dreams, Moneyball, Seabiscuit, Rocky, etc. And Miracle belongs at or near the top of any sports list. It does a top-tier job of ramping up the tension, like any great Western, while simultaneously rooting us in the reality of the world at large, we feel everything these boys felt over 40 years ago. This is not a USA rah-rah film, In fact, they go out of the way to avoid that sentiment. This is about young men overcoming all odds to do something special. Great performances all around, in particular from, let's face it, if you're a hockey player, those are pretty decent performances for people (laughs) who have never acted, but including getting actual acting from real-life hockey players. But the reason to talk about this movie is a career best from Kurt Russell. All in all, Miracle represents what is best in sports films and does exactly what you want it to do, Feel something bigger than yourself. For me, it's four and a half out of five, especially considering the genre. Nice. Absolutely see it if you never have, and go back and watch it if you have seen it before. All right. Well, with our reactions to the movie out of the way, we have moved this segment out, but we move to our reactions to our beers that we drank while watching the movie. So that brings us to our beer reaction segment that we call Drinking Buddies. Come on, not my beer this is where we take a look back at our beers and give our expert ratings tim will walk us back through them so what do we got well we had the first one to start the evening at a half acre brewing out of uh chicago area I think. chicago uh some of these are theme so we'll work through it oh yeah Bear well, was with this me. one again because in my notes it says first one because i couldn't remember one. the name of it so yeah uh it's a hockey movie hockey which is played on a oh. frozen Material, I believe. Sure. <laughs> sure. It indeed it is. Me just like adding my yeah, notes, put yeah. let it go in yes, there at some ice point. Yeah. Is frozen water. Uh we had half acres frozen flower double IPA. They're a double IPA with Rowaka Nectaron Oof. and Nelson Savin. Rowaka. Okay. Uh for me it was uh three point two five actually. Wow. It was just fine. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It just was like, I don't know, underwhelming. It just was like, ooh, a double IPA. And I'm like, meh. 
Okay. So I didn't dislike it. It just huh. was super underwhelming. I almost want to reduce mine because I didn't realize it was a double IPA. Right? There's not much. I have 375. No. There's yeah. not much that would suggest that's a double IPA. Nope. But I'll stay with my 375. It was at least flavorful enough. There was some good flavor to it. Um, I didn't have much like in terms of notes about it. Right. Because like, uh, I literally said first one because I forgot what it was called. <laughs> Um, there was nothing, I like Half Acre, but there was nothing about that to write home about, so. Our next one is from, same company, Half Acre. It, uh, is their Winter IPA, and Steve, I'm, I'm <sighs> curious on, from a theme standpoint, what is a, like a goalie? I don't know, you tell me, and sports hockey guy. you, they tend yeah. the goal, yep. so I read on the interwebs. Yeah, somebody told me. Tend is their Winter IPA beer uh it's a 3.75 mm-hmm. for me it's nice it's a nice color it's like a good kind of tasty option a limited bite which i guess is kind of more mellow for the winter but yeah. it's good 3.75. yeah i had a four out of five because i liked it better than the one before <laughs> so i was kind of like yeah it's 3.75 really second so I went, beer. yeah i was kind of yeah. like yeah second <laughs> beer i knew it was 10 and i've had this before but yeah. i haven't rated it yep um yeah, I don't get much of the winter IPA to it, yeah. but I think as an IP as an IPA, I think it's good. It's good. And then we had an option out of <sighs> Herbrook's home. That's right, city, Saint Paul, Saint Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Summit, which we haven't really had many. No, I'm just, yeah, we've had a couple, but they're yeah, they don't do too many. So then we had uh, Saga, kind of their flagship IPA. IPA I would yep. say uh, their Imperial. IPA, which we were both like, mm, we should try this out. Uh, it was a 3.75 yeah. for me. I liked it. It's a nice option. It was a good, good flavor, good color. It uh, It's good. I have 3.75, a 3.75 as well. For me, it was fine. I wanted more from it. And specifically yeah. from, we've had double versions of Trader out of yep. Badger Hill. Um, even Fulton released, it wasn't a double 300, but they had their Imperial. Double Axeman. Yeah. And they, you've got a lot of breweries locally here in Minnesota that have released doubles or somewhat close to it of their flagship beers that are better. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was like, I need a little more like flavor it. from this because yeah. a saga has more flavor than their Imperial saga did. And that's why I knocked I do it that. down. Yeah. Cause I was like, if a, if a regular is going to give me more flavor. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I got 10 more to drink in there, yeah. and I will happily drink yeah. them, but I, I was just kind of like, I wanted a little more from it. So, Agreed. But I had 375. Agreed. And then uh, one that is not a theme beer. No. I'm not even going to try it. So Why? Cultivating Mass? Yes. Boston, Massachusetts, Tim. I didn't think about that yet. Oh, my God. He's, you failed horribly. What is Brooks doing? He's cultivating, oh my God. bringing together... You teammates from no, different areas. One is from Boston, yep. Mass. So uh, Ursa Minor. But to be fair, you didn't know this movie beforehand. I did so not. there we so, go. So a retroactive does not work. Yeah. Uh, Ursa Minor bring out Duluth. Their chocolate stout cultivating mass. Um, it was a three point two five for me mm-hmm. because they should just call it a nice stout. Could not agree more. Chocolate is a. Swing and a miss. Maybe after the fact, Maybe. like a, on the, but the, from a flavor standpoint, yeah. it was, there was, there was nothing, nothing there. in there. So it was super underwhelming compared to what I was expecting for like, yes. ooh, check this up. So 3.25. Yeah, me. I had three and a half for that same reason. There was no chocolate really. It was the like effect or the tongue like feel or whatever, yes. mouth feel. 
Yeah. Yeah, sure, but there's no flavor to it. No. no. I, I don't understand that. You're going to throw chocolate on Yeah. Chocolate on the label. Have you pronounced? All right. All right. Our final segment of the episode is Quiz Show. The exciting quiz program, 21. Where in our research for the film, we find some interesting trivia nuggets that we hope will stump the other and possibly intrigue you, our dear listeners. Can you guess who got married in the building right next to the Herb Brooks statue at the River Center in San Paul, Minnesota? Is this the best you got? I didn't have trivia going into this movie, and that's the best you got? That's the first one. Uh, Tim did. I did! Yes! I have pictures next to the Herb Brooks statue. Who I knew was At part that of time Miracle. was like, ah, you, yeah, there you're you a know, hockey a coach. Yes. So, hey, kudos to you for getting the first one right. No, okay. I have two more. Thank you. Okay, cool. Um, all right. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out on this one. So, okay, uh, seeing as Tim is such a huge hockey fan, in particular college hockey, totally. um, let's ask a hockey question. Herb Brooks coached at the University of Minnesota and won three national championships there. Obviously, following the Olympics, he went to the NHL and coached the New York Rangers for four seasons, eventually being fired. He then came back to Minnesota to coach college hockey again for what state university, Tim? St. Cloud State. That is correct. Yes! For one whole season. And they have a huge, have a huge hockey arena. Arena, and yes. Name one year he was there. He didn't go to the University of Minnesota. Nope. <laughs> one year he worked for him, but we're going to name it. It Talk worked. Pandering. It's it's good. It there, I gave you an easy one back. I like that. Uh, so, Kurt Russell is yep. obviously the star of the movie uh, and a major movie star. Yeah. Hollywood legend, you might say. Uh, he's a storied time at the beginning of his work in countless TV Western and DV- Disney shows and films. Uh, oddly enough, in his career, he has orbited the world of Elvis Presley mm-hmm. three times, having an uncredited role, kicking Elvis when he's a young kid, yeah. playing the king himself in a TV film. I mean, nominated for that, by the way. Nice. And voicing Elvis in an uncredited role in what 1994 Best Picture winner? Uh, Forrest Gump. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Had no idea. And the movie, the prologue, talks about Elvis Presley. Elvis being done. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, synergy. Hmm. All right. You got one more? I do. I have to say, okay. Well, so Kenneth Mitchell plays Cox, who was the last to be cut, cut. right? Yep. Um, He actually has a pretty successful career in television and some films, including he actually plays Carol Danvers' father in Captain Marvel. Um, if you look back, uh, well, I remember seeing oh, Captain Marvel. I was like, like "Well, okay, there you go." Um, but most people, including myself, would know him from what Skeet Ulrich starring post-apocalyptic TV show? <laughs> this is for Andrea. I think she loves the show. Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, he started. It's two years. It's an outstanding. I have TV show. No idea. You got to watch the show. Okay. Jericho. Oh yeah. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Yep. Very nice. Dude. Really? Oh, he's yeah, he's a main character in that oh. too. It's so good. You gotta watch it. Oh. There you go. Uh so Kurt Russell has had three films working with fan of the pod, director Quentin Tarantino. Oh, of course. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he and I go he way back. It. Yep. He has starred, um sorry, he had starring and supporting roles in what 2007, 2015, and 2019. 
Tarantino films. Oh, well, I'm sorry. What years? 2007, mm-hmm. 2015, and mm-hmm. 2019 Tarantino films. Uh, well, most recently it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Correct. Uh, and then it would have been Hateful Eight. Correct. And then so 07 is what I'm missing here? Yes. Is it Inglorious? No. What's before that? He's the stunt driver. Oh, my God. What is the name of that? Death uh, Proof. Death, yeah, I was like, what B movie is that? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, um, he and, uh, gosh, Rodriguez. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. Yes. That's right. Death Proof. Death Proof. There you go. I forgot about Death uh, Proof. right? It's probably a good thing. It's not that bad. It's no, an amazing it's I mean, feature a, for the oh, stunt those, women. Right, exactly. Yes, like him driving on... Uh, sorry, yes. It is uh, <laughs> exactly what you want it to be. Just out of curiosity, how many times has the U.S. won the Olympic gold medal? One time. They reference it in this movie, Tim. <laughs> Two times. There you go. That's it. There twice. Yes. 1960. Sorry, yes. Because Herb That's gets right. cut. 60, yes. yes. And then But I'm just Herb saying, like, in the history of... So we're, we That's were, actually, Right. Yeah. It wasn't that the U.S. suddenly dominated after this or anything like that, because Canada actually ended up dominating much after Russia fell apart. But, yeah, we... We haven't seen a gold medal since nope. 1982 or 1980. We're due. I, don't know I keep saying 82. I know, yeah, 80. I just gotta mention this because I love this movie. Sean McCann, who plays Walter Bush, Walter, the guy in this, the guy early on who welcomes him to yes. Colorado, the guy who was working for the USOC the whole time or yep. whatever. Uh, he's a longtime character actor in many films and television shows, but we should know him from what 1990s classic comedy. <laughs> Starring, I'll even give you a hint, uh, David Spade. Oh, um, I can see the freaking He works for the McCallahans. Yes. Or the Callahans. Sorry, not uh, McCallahans. Tommy Boy. That's right. Nice. I just got to talk yes. about Tommy Boy. because he's Tommy a, Boy. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, where do I know this guy? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the guy. That is the guy I from Tommy it. Boy. We That's don't talk about good. Tommy Boy much on here, but oh, we got to so when we can. All right. Well, that will bring us to the end of our episode. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes on what did we discuss again? Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and The Notebook. The Notebook. Because can't wait to watch that by myself. (laughs) Maybe I'll do it on the plane or something and just like start crying. What do you want? What do you want? Um, Be sure to find all of our previous episodes on your favorite streaming platform. Find us on the web via the metaverse of Facebook, Instagram, and threads, and head to 20yearsforbeers.com for more info. We want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and for clicking that like or subscribe button on your devices. This has been 20 Years for Beers. My name is Steve. I'm Tim. And thanks for listening. Thanks. And Go I'll tell on. you why. Boston, Massachusetts, Tim. Oh, my God. He's, you failed horribly. What is Brooks doing? He's cultivating, oh bringing together... You failed. From no, you failed. One from Boston. Can't wait to watch that by myself. Oh. Cut! 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 1982. Oh, yeah. oh my God, He's, you failed horribly! What is Herb 